Hey guys, it's Brooke Eagle, and we are back with another episode of the Forsyth Magazine's podcast. And today I have Tyler Shelton with Shelton Movement and Performance. Hey, Tyler. How's it going? Good. How's it going with you? Oh, it's great. Uh, early start to the day this morning, so nice little break here. Get to come in and chat with you. A downtown adventure. <laughs> a downtown adventure. Yeah, I was just saying, I don't downtown very often. I grew up in Davie County, so uh, this big old city is uh, <laughs> a little confusing. But I don't know. Uh, Washington Park is not too far away. It's not. You're no. close to downtown. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was very easy little uh, little drive. But even when I was moving out there, people were asking me you know, where I was going to be. And I said, oh, I'd somewhere downtown. And everybody that knew what I was talking about, I was like, no, 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 You're that's, not downtown. Yeah, that's not what that is. So I do my best. So Tyler is a physical therapist and his, uh, he's actually in our, or not in, but in the same building as Washington Park CrossFit. Yeah. In. Um, mm-hmm. And he is going to, we're going to talk about some misconceptions about physical therapy and a little bit about Tyler's uh, background in it. So yeah, let's start off with that. What's your, what kind of got you into this career? Um, honestly, it's a pretty boring story. My, I, you know, I, I thought, yeah, yeah, it's, well, it's just not like, like I didn't have some giant accident. I had a dream. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, my, uh, my wife now, girlfriend at the time was, uh, we were kind of jumping around, uh, different, majors and she said, well, I'm gonna try this physical therapy thing. So I looked into it and I know I had come in like thinking something medical and chemistry quickly corrected me. Um, so messed around for a little bit and then, uh, you know, started to get more of a drive to get back into something in that field. And it, you know, liked exercise, like sports, it seems like the perfect match made in heaven. Uh, if you'd asked me then if I would be doing something like what I'm doing now, it would be totally different than what I was thinking. Uh, but that's really what started me off uh, in that path. And then uh, more of what I'm doing now started when I met some mentors when I was starting to look for jobs out of school. They kind of pointed me in certain directions on uh, you know, how to assess and in cases treat the body that may not necessarily be something that you learn about when you're in school, um, which you know isn't school's fault. You can only do so much, you, yeah. you know, just basically make sure that you churn out people that are minimally competent. So yeah. the profession, just like anything else is what you make out of it. Um, what so, made you decide to go out on your own versus working at another practice? Yeah. So probably the, probably the mentor that I was, that I started out with, uh, had his own little thing. And, uh, what I learned pretty quickly was that to, assess more complex cases takes time. And it's tough to do that under uh, certain regulations and things that that will get in your way in a more traditional setting. And I'm not saying you can't be a good physical therapy and the physical therapist in those traditional settings. I'm just saying you remove a lot of the red tape when you're doing it yourself. You add a lot, but you also remove a lot of it. So it really comes down to being able to spend time with people. And when I started to learn these things and then went back in and started working for a more traditional, we call uh, pop clinics, physician-owned clinics. When you're seeing somebody every 30 minutes, 45 minutes, there's lots of overlap. It's tough to get into the detail that you want to when you really want to spend an hour with somebody that's one-on-one and you just you, you pick and choose what direction you're going to go with for that day and, and really get down into the nitty-gritty of what's going on with that person so that you can spend less time treating because you've got such a specific assessment. And uh, I, I, it's just really challenging to do yeah. when, when well, you're Well, and you can tell. I know I've been to plenty of doctors, and you can tell 
when they're in a hurry mm-hmm. and when they are not. And I mean, I think you're a classic case of you don't have to be in a hurry because yeah. you are under your your own umbrella. You're not. With yeah, else. and and that's what I you know if I want to spend if I want to spend an hour one on one with somebody, I spend an hour. If I say you know let's say there are certain people that come to me for thirty minutes just to really hammer out some exercises that they either don't have equipment for or they need supervision over. There's not a whole lot of uh, you know planning and programming as much as the constant testing and retesting that's done in an assessment. So, you know, you come in for 30 minutes, it might actually mean 40 minutes. I don't really care. Like I have a, I have a goal designed in my head and it takes the amount of time that it takes. I make sure that I have time in my schedule for that to happen. So yeah, I love it. Um, it would be really tough for me to go back under, under somebody else's umbrella and try to stick to some kind of rigid schedule where I wasn't allowed to really pick apart at the nuances of movement because I think this may be a little bit of a tangent, um, but a lot of what you would see in one of those traditional clinics um, or even something that's attached to a hospital system, those people are, those physical therapists are seeing a lot of post-operative patients, you know, your knee replacements, hip replacements, shoulder surgeries, um, or even post-injury where like you've fractured something or you've, you've spent time not doing movement. Mm-hmm. So the process for getting back into shape or getting back into regular daily life is pretty cut and dry. You can hand somebody like that a sheet of paper and say, here, follow this when you're at home. It's not all that complicated. It's really just A, get moving, B, get the right muscles doing their job, strengthen this, strengthen that, and we're back on our feet in a certain amount of time. But the type of people that come to me are a little bit more, um, you know, one of the things that I like being near the CrossFit gym is like, hey, I'm working out, my shoulder's hurting me. You can't hand that person, even if they're even if they're coming in with the same exact symptoms as somebody else, you can't hand that person a sheet of paper and expect them to get better. You have to be able to see how their whole body moves. So see what their front squat looks like, see what their overhead press looks like, see what a rack, see what a row, see what all of those positions look like. Can you can you move into those? Can you control into those? And so what I've seen coming out of a more traditional setting where you don't have time to assess is they're just treating as much as they can. So yeah. you're getting the pain relief, you know, the needles, the cups, the massages, the manipulations, which are all great. Um, they certainly have their place, but you're getting a lot of symptom treatment and not a whole lot of, all right, well, let's let's dig at the root of this thing so that it's not happening over time. Yeah. And so that's what, again, that's what allows, that's what I'm allowed to do by doing my own thing and having more time with people. Yeah. So I want to talk about what if you were, let's say hypothetically, uh, my knee is hurting. Mm-hmm. Gavin's knee is hurting right now. I told him to come see you. <laughs> Uh-oh. You hear that, Gavin? <laughs> You're in trouble. Um, so what or kind of what would the, just quickly, what would like the process be when they came to see you? What are, what are some things that you would kind of test out to see what could p- potentially be the problem or to rule out different problems? And I, I know every case is so sure. different. Yeah, I'm no, just I can answer to... that. I get you. Um, it, it's, yeah, it depends. That's right. But almost always I'm starting with a screening process and there's there's a nerdy difference between screening and assessing that I won't really drag people through the mud on. But, <laughs> you know, screening is uh, when, a, when a pilot's about to take off uh, in a flight, you, if you were ever to pay attention to the cockpit, they're going through a checklist. That's their screen of can this plane get off the ground without going through any terrible pro- problems? We hope so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if there's an X on that list, that plane doesn't take off for a while. And usually they're coming up with lies on why that's happening. But it, we're out of ice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
But what they have to do in that situation is like, all right, well, there's an X in this spot right here. Now we assess. Now let's pull the plane apart a little bit and see what part is causing our issue, what this, that, and the other. So if Gavin were to come to me in more of an informal setting, because he and I work in the same place, it'd be pretty easy. It would take about 20 minutes, maybe less for me to screen him really honestly, like five minutes for me to screen him completely. Look at how his entire body moves. So even though you're telling me, Hey, my knee hurts just for kicks and giggles. Let's look at everything. Let's look at it you, might not be your knee. Yep, that's causing that pain. Let's look at usually not, especially in the case of the knee, but yeah. let's, you know, I'm even going to look at how your neck moves. It may be completely irrelevant, but let me look at your neck. Let me look at your shoulder. Let me see you touch your toes, lean back rotate and then you know deeper and deeper into something that might be related to the knee we'll look at the squat hip hinge he's doing crossfit or he's olympic lifting so i may um take a little bit more of a uh direct look at how the squat looks how the hip hinge looks how different olympic lift positions look mm. from there i'm going to get a pretty good understanding of okay well cool yeah i get it his, his knee hurts it hurts but it doesn't hurt all the time it hurts when he gets to into the squat, not just when he gets into the squat, it's kind of halfway between. So it's not at the bottom. That feels fine. It's not at the top. That feels fine. It's transitional. Mm -hmm. All right. So now what? Now let's start to look. I noticed that his knee does a little wiggle. Let's see how his hips doing. Let's see if that ankle is moving as much as he can. And from there, that's where, like I said, that's the assessment. Now I'm starting to dive deeper and see what's going on with this. And specifically to the knee, I think this is just interesting for people to know. Um, there's a concept called regional interdependence. You can look it up on your own. I won't take you through all of this stuff, but basically every segment of your body is dependent on the rest of them. Mm. And so if you were to really think about it, there's a, um, there's a switch of a mobile joint to a stable joint or less mobile joint as you go up. So your ankle, think about it, moves all over the place. Your knee, not really. Mm. It pretty much goes in the forward to back motion, you know, you, a little bit of twisting, but just really forward to back. Huh. Yeah, that's very true. I never go back up to that. the hip tons of motion at the hip, lower back, not really supposed to move a ton, thoracic spine, supposed to move a lot, and on and on and on it goes. So the knee is really interesting because when you're looking at it, the knee is, is a victim of two incredibly mobile joints surrounding it. So if you don't have full control over both of those joints, whether it's a range of motion issue where you physically cannot move a certain amount so that stress is being put on the knee or the reverse of that, you have the mobility but you can't control it, the knee is usually what ends up feeling at first. So mm. very rarely do I have somebody who really has a hip issue come into me and say, hey, my hip's killing me, it's my knee's killing me. I almost always, you know, I'll treat the knee, of course, you know, dry needling, manual therapy, whatever it is. But it's typically scraping. not the knee that's yeah, causing that. Yeah, pain. let's make it feel better so that I have a little bit more of an avenue to, uh, to get somewhere with this thing. You don't want to just work through pain. That's counterproductive. But, uh, but if I'm going to solve the root cause of this, I don't want to just end up having to stick a needle in your knee or, or cup your knee or massage your knee over and over again, it, you know, if that's what you're interested in. Let's, <laughs> you know, I, it, believe it or not, not everybody, but some people are just like, you know, wave your wand, do the yeah. thing, make me better. <laughs> Fix me. <laughs> yeah, which is, which is fine, teach their own. I'm probably not the person to see if that's, if that's what you want um, because I'm, gonna, I'm just obsessively going to dive at that, at that root cause. But uh, yeah, it would it would much more, and that's where stretches and stretches I use very lightly. But um, exercises come into play. That that word is uh, we're not strengthening anything. We're not not necessarily at least we're not adding endurance to anything. At least not in my situation. I'm trying to trying to right a wrong that seems to be going on. So if mobility is a problem, let's get more and see how your knee feels then. Yeah, if stabilizing stabilizing it is a problem. The process of stabilizing is pretty quick. 
Let's add some control to that and now see how your knee feels through that, through the major motion. Oh, better? Okay. Do this before you exercise. You'll have that carryover to take you through that, that lifting or whatever you're doing. So it's a pain-free lift. Hopefully, if it's not, you should stop. But if it's a pain-free lift, and then we're slowly working your body into adapting to whatever that whatever you need it to be. Yeah. So it's a lot more interactive than... Well, and I would imagine with one commonality of all physical therapy is that it's so much is on the patient too to do actually do the work because sure. they're only seeing you for an hour. Yeah. So as long as they're doing that work that you're telling them to do. Exactly. Then. So it's especially in the CrossFit gym, I kind of feel bad because I don't want, I certainly don't want to walk around with people thinking that I'm just uh, judging them or <laughs> like, well, gotcha. You're not doing what you should be doing. That's going to hurt later. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> don't uh, do that. I, I do jujitsu. It's the same thing. Like people, people will see me in there who, who, uh, come and see me for treatment. It's like, listen, I'm not, uh, I'm not here to, to parent you. It's okay. Like use your body you know, when you're screwing up, that's fine. Yeah. You know, don't do a lot of it. I wouldn't recommend that, but it's, you know, it's a good sign that somebody wants to be active. It's a lot easier for that person to go through rehab, to go through life. If your drive is to remain active versus yeah. the opposite of that, where I got to kick you in the butt every time we need to get up and move. So cause your body gets used to not moving sure. too. I think that, um, I have a a family family friend who he uh is been trying all this physical therapy and they're like yeah your body's just getting so used to not moving that that's why you're still in pain like you gotta well and you're gonna you're gonna screw up you shouldn't be afraid to move while i'm willing to pull you off of something i try very hard to negotiate a way around that not because i want to make you happy and keep you around me but if you can still move and be pain-free, maybe it's less load, maybe it's less range of motion, maybe it's, you know, maybe there's some caveats to it. But if we can still move, that's a better alternative than just not doing anything. Oh, yeah. There are people who I will have um, just not do anything for a little while other than a couple of things that I'm telling them to do, but those are very extreme cases. So continuing to move is good. You just want to do it in a way that's going to be, it's going to be beneficial to your body because your body's an amazing thing that will heal itself in ways if you provide it the channel to, but I, I'm kind of a broken record. And if any of my patients are listening to this, they'll roll their eyes. I pretty much any kind of inflammatory issue or any kind of issue that they are coming to me with is I liken to picking a scab. If you just sit there and pick a scab all day, every day, you've heard it too, haven't you? Yeah. If you just sit there. And, <laughs> yeah. Right. Broken record. If you just sit there and pick a scab all day, every day, it's not going to get better. If you nope. leave it alone, it'll heal. And people have seen that happen, whether childhood or whatever, you've seen that happen physically on your skin. It's very similar. I'm not saying it's the exact same, but it's very similar with any of these internal tissues. You just have to stop picking it. Yeah. So if there's a way to do that while also being active, I'm all for that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, I know. No, that makes sense. I know people sometimes, I'm sure, are walking around on eggshells when I'm when I come out there. Whoops, he's here. Let me stop doing. I'm squatting around. (laughs) So I want to hear a success story that comes to mind from a patient that you've worked with. Yeah. So I mentioned the um, I mentioned the little 30 minute sessions that I do. I do do kind of a couple different things just because I can structure it based off of need. So. Ultimately, people will get to a point where they don't necessarily need my constant hands on them or constantly assessing and reassessing. And it's a lot more akin to personal training. It's just with uh, with the slant of, well, your 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 rehab clinician is is watching you do these things. They know what's wrong with you. They can progress you without you re-injuring a certain part if we need to avoid something and prop something else up. It's just easy for me to make that transition. I would have told you before I met this lady. 
and I don't want to do that. It's not me. Go to a personal trainer. But she, uh, in a way, twisted my arm into it, and now I do quite a bit of it. Um, when she first came in and saw me, she had a she had a compression fracture in her spine, and some osteoporosis that was really starting to get out ahead of her. And uh, I didn't feel comfortable. So I mentioned I, when I screened somebody, I, I watched the squat. I didn't feel comfortable having her squat without a chair behind her. And she knows this if she's listening, which I'm sure she might. Uh, she's very proud of this. I, I, I was really scared to watch her squat without something because I thought she was going to fall. I have yeah. a very strict no falling policy in my clinic. So that would have been no good. I don't want you hitting the ground. Um, so fast forward about a, a year, I'd say. She'd consistently come to me once a week, 30 minutes. We're just picking up heavy stuff. Um, you know, her back was pretty under control. I made sure that it was, you know, we could continue to stabilize that and whatnot. But other than that, let's let's get you stronger. Let's make sure that you can handle life. And uh, she's probably responsible for the majority of the people that come to me now because she's such a great case study. I, I mentioned fast forward a year, we were taking a video of her deadlifting uh, 100 pounds. So juxtapose that with barely being able to stand up without a chair behind you. I'd say that's pretty successful. Wow. Yeah. Um, And a lot of that is her. I gave her a lot to do at home on top of the regular visits with me. But I was pretty open and honest with her when she started. And I was like, listen, you're going to have to know me for a long time. This is not a if you really want a solution to this, this is not even the back pain stuff. It's not going to be something that goes away quickly. So in that, the the whole 30-minute session style of thing was born because I was just trying to think, you know, without breaking her bank and without, you know, making it really inconvenient, what's a, what's a way that we can do this where, you know, I don't go poor, but also she's able to come in on a regular basis and uh, we found something and she's, uh, she's still, I'm actually seeing her this afternoon. So she's awesome. still plugging along however many years later. Um, but it's, uh, you know, people like that are are in one bucket. I've got plenty of other stories of people who are in tremendous amounts of pain. I think I've told you about a back pain certification that I, that I have had for almost a year now. And uh, it puts me on a list that essentially gets me a lot of complex cases from places all across the state. Um, Virginia, South Carolina, I had a phone call in Georgia yesterday, Tennessee. So people wow. in the eastern part of that, because the only other people that do this are not close. So people travel to get this style of assessment that's a lot longer. And I've seen, not to make light of it, very depressed people, very um, at the end of their rope sort of sort of pain where they, they've tried all the things, physical therapy didn't work, chiropractic, massage, doctors want to inject them, that didn't help. Uh, in some cases, surgery didn't help. In some cases, they don't, they're trying to avoid surgery. And uh, pretty dramatically, in about three hours' time, we're able to make some life-changing revelations. Now, they're not better overnight. But they're on, on the path, Yeah, on the so right now path. you know how to not pick the scab. Now you know how to avoid that during the day if you, act, if you screw up and you're not as good at that at first because who's going to be perfect with their movement right off the bat? Um, you've got this natural pain pill position. We call them positions of respite that you can go get into. Mm. So it's very – that type of visit – uh, is highly sought after. It's very all-encompassing in terms of how of how we approach back pain, um, and there's just because of because of the list that I'm on and the pe- people that I get. There's a high level of complexity involved in that, and I owe a lot of that. I should say, since I'm on public airways, to uh, Dr. Stuart McGill and uh, Backfit Pro, uh, based out of Canada. 
great guy. Um, he's, he's written a book called Back Mechanic that uh, has helped and saved a lot of people, but I think he realized that it'd be nice. He's only one person. People yeah. fly up to Canada to see him for this. Very famous. A lot of um, actors, actresses, professional athletes go to see him. He's only one person. He's yeah. technically retired. Um, but I don't think he'll ever be allowed to. So, so there's. Uh, <laughs> so he's trying to teach his ways to exactly. As many people. There's a very select few of us, which I'm, I'm very honored to be a part of, that uh, have gone through some pretty rigorous training uh, to be able to approach the McGill method of uh, assessment. And uh, it's it's I'm biased, but it's it's awesome. It's life changing. It's uh, it's been life changing for me. Selfishly, it's been great to be able to provide this for people. Um, yeah, so I mean, I'm, that has to be the most rewarding part of your job is to see people who are depressed and in pain. And it I can't even fathom how frustrating that must be to go from that to being able to live life comfortably and sure, pain free. Sure. Yeah. It, it uses up every ounce of empathy that I have. And I I say that because my family sees me on video. I'm sure that they, they may even see this and go, where's that part of you <laughs> when we're telling you about our about our pain where's the where's the where's the like, I use it all at work yeah my dad uh, my dad broke his ankle right before COVID and I, I wrote walk much question mark on his on his cast <laughs> and uh signed my wife's name under it so that's in a snapshot that's a that's how we that's how we are to each other but uh you know I I get questions from family members and people that that I may come off as a little short too, but people will ask me a question at the dinner table, like, Hey man, you know, my elbow's hurting or this or that or the other, which is understandable. But my, I'm like, you need to come in. Like, I, yeah. if you want to, if you want a serious answer, come see me. Cause I don't want to, I, I can't do it here. I don't have my stuff. I don't have things that I might need yeah. to test on you, kettlebells, whatever to load you up. So if you want a serious answer, come in and I'll give it to you. And that's certainly happened plenty. What would be, this is probably a really broad question, but what would be a tip or two that comes to mind that you would recommend that all ages that they're doing to avoid having to come see you? (laughs) 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 Um, Avoid coming to see me. Well, take movement seriously. Like if you're, if you're lifting weights, I know it's, gosh, form. Yeah. But anybody can lift a lot of weight for a little bit of time. And I'm sure you and I both know people that just kind of brush it off. And that's natural. I do it too. I it's I don't I don't try to assess myself. So I'm I'm certainly not poking fun or pointing fingers. But take that seriously because it's so much easier and cheaper to come see me early on in that process, get a nice little quick little screen, have me go and yeah here's the thing. It's just one thing versus letting that develop over months to years. And your whole body hurts. <laughs> yeah. And then coming into me and cause that's, that process is going to be more expensive. I can't, I can't speed up recovery. I can facilitate, I can optimize it so to speak, but I can't change how long it takes for your body to wind that pain down. I can't, that stuff is, is pretty set in stone. You can, you know, we can have a real long conversation about sleep, nutrition, uh, water, et cetera, et cetera, which are all important. Mm-hmm. But healing is healing. It's still going to take a little bit of time. Um, don't don't let all the different exciting procedures and whatnot that football players are doing to get back on the field. That's might help you be in less pain so you can finish out the season. But find me somebody who did one of those things that's in the NFL or that played a professional sport where they were just constantly medicating their way back onto the field who's doing well in their 50s and 60s. Yeah. So it's easy for people our age, relatively young, to feel a tweak and go, okay, well, I'll just work around it or I'll do nothing. But take that seriously. It's uh, because it's 
it's easy when it starts. It's not easy when you let it fester for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is hard to answer over in, in general. Uh, I, you know, a pretty, pretty. No, I think that's a great answer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could try to get more specific, but it would probably be. Joint no, because everybody's so different. But no, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think but to. The other thing that I would say, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I just do something that you enjoy because people, I often get the question, what, should I do? What kind of exercises should I do? Yeah. Like for what? Well, I want to, you know, I want to stay active and healthy and I want to be young. Like I want to, you know, let's say I'm about to go retire. I want to be able to enjoy that. Find something you enjoy Mm -hmm. and just do that. It's there are plenty of, uh, there are plenty of 60 and 70 year olds that, um, train jujitsu at the place that I, at the place that I train. Uh, they're fine. I'm sure they have aches and pains. Uh, we've got quite a few people their 50s, 60s, I don't know about 70s at the CrossFit gym, but mm-hmm. I think CrossFit gets a bad rap for what it is. But if you if you're doing it correctly, if you're taking it seriously, if you've got good coaches like like you guys over there, at Gavin, it's you're going to be just fine. Yeah, just, you got to find something that you love, take the form part of it seriously. But if it if it's not getting you up, if it's not exciting you to go move, you're not going to do it. Yeah. So if you were to come to me and ask that, and I was like, oh, swing kettlebells, it's amazing <laughs> for you, and I truly believe that. But if you're not going to swing kettlebells, then why does it matter what I have to say on that? Yeah. Go find the thing that you like to do and let's make sure that your that's body's so, tuned to that. That's so true. I preach that all the time. I think, you know, CrossFit's not for everyone. Jiu-Jitsu's not for everyone. Yeah. Uh, my mom loves paddleboarding. Yeah. And so when it's too cold to paddleboard because they live on the lake, she'll go to Orange Theory. But she's like, well, I haven't been to Orange Theory much. And I'm like, because you love to paddleboard. Do what you love to do. Go exactly. for Go for the paddleboard rides. Yeah, go find, so, you know, have go fun. indoor swimming, something. Yeah, just yeah. just be motivated to move. Now, you could get into the conversation of, you know, let's make sure that your cardiovascular system is getting some work uh, a couple of days a week. Let's make sure that your musculoskeletal system is getting some work a couple of days a week. Because I see people a lot that are, I don't want to say deconditioned, but they're not uh, runners. I'll, I'll point a finger at them. I don't meet a whole lot of runners that can stand on one leg for 10 seconds, which is weird because huh. their entire sport is on one leg. That really is weird. <laughs> it's not It's not for a long time. But the, if you tend to do one thing repetitively, then your body, you look like what you do. If you sit down a lot, you, you might have worse posture. If you run a lot, you may not have that exposure to picking up heavy stuff and moving it around and being able to control. So the reason that they can't stand on one foot is because they lack the ability to control it. Their hips, their legs, their ankles, they don't really have to do a whole lot, a lot of that. So, sure. you know, you could definitely make the case for them that, hey, do some Turkish get-ups once a week. Just lift yeah, something lift some heavy. Weights. Go to CrossFit. I yeah. mean, we've got some people we that, some that, are, yeah, that are some runners that... That's a great option. I'd rather do about anything than than run. Yep, I'm right for, there with for you. For more than a mile, boring. That's my, that's my limit. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I go nuts, and I have I've I've had buddies that run 18 miles every morning and don't listen to <laughs> headphones. I don't understand it. It's uh, I could never do that. So I'm very task oriented. Yeah. But uh, if that's what you love, absolutely do that. Just make sure that you have a balanced diet of movement in there. So mm-hmm. make sure that you're not only doing it. Same thing for people that are really into yoga. Yoga is great for stabilizing in certain positions. Um, and they're really strong when they're moving their body weight around. I mean, look at a gymnast, look at a professional gymnast. Those, yeah. those people are jacked. Um, they're really good at controlling things. So, but in yoga, you may, you may want to add in a little bit of lifting. You may want to add in a little bit of running. You may, you know, you may want to just switch it up a little bit. Same thing with lifters. Same yeah. thing with, that's one of the nice thing about CrossFit is uh, doing a little bit of everything. But if you found me a, a competitive power lifter who could tie their shoes, 
I would I would tell you that they're probably not just doing powerlifting because the objective is to be as tight as possible. Yeah. It's not a great way to live. Um, so if you're not competitively and professionally doing that, probably find something that's a little bit more balanced. Yeah. Well, I think as we're wrapping it up, let's tell people how they can find you um, online, physical location, all that stuff. Yeah. So I'm pretty accessible. Um, <laughs> if, you, if you go to sheltonmp.com, uh, you'll find a couple of different options to, uh, to get in contact with me. All roads lead to a phone call. I screen people. So my number, and this I'm serious, is 336-933-1544. If I don't pick up, it's because I don't recognize the number. Leave me a message. Tell me a little bit about yourself. And I'll usually text you back, call you, set up a time to get in touch with you. My email is tyler at sheltonmp.com. Also an easy way to get in touch with me. You can do the same thing. Leave me a message. Um, tell me what's going on. I'll let you know. I'll, I'll give you a call. Like I said, though, all all roads lead to a screening phone call. I want to make sure that I can help you before I offer you in. Yeah, it's very specific what I'm looking for, and I can usually figure it out pretty quickly. It's very rare that I turn people away, but I don't I don't want you coming in and wasting your time if I'm not the right person. But I also like to think that I'm somebody that you can come to who can provide you with the answer whether you're coming to me or not. So I can send you in the right direction. I try to get myself a pretty broad network of referral sources in case that's needed. So awesome. that's the best way. I'm a pretty lame follow on social media. Um, you can <laughs> you can come, you know that. Uh, you can come follow my, uh, my YouTube channel, Shelton Movement and Performance. That's probably the majority of my content. But uh, I don't know. I just don't do the whole, here's three easy tips for back pain because I don't think they exist. It's very case specific. It's very individual. Absolutely. It has to be personalized. So just get in touch with me. It's easy. I like that. Yep. We'll talk. We'll figure it out. And we'll go from there. Well, thanks, Tyler. Yeah, thanks thank for coming you. to chat with us. I appreciate and you having me. As always, you can find Forsyth Mags on social media at Forsyth Mags and online ForsythMags.com. And that is a wrap for today. The views and opinions stated on this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting companies. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of Forsyth Magazine. Incorporated. Ooh, that's a mouthful. <laughs>